Indianapolis is known for car racing and pharmaceuticals, but more importantly, it's home to Church Tongue. Michael is here with The Antidote. Thanks for joining in, man. Of course, yeah. How did the band idea come around to form Church Tongue? Okay, um, so whenever I was like younger in high school, I played some local bands and such, um, and then when I was like in my senior year of high school, I joined a local band called They Say Redeemer. Uh, we were like a Christian metalcore band, um, but that is how I met Nico because Nico started playing for that band very shortly after I did. Um, and then that band, you know, fizzled out and died a couple months later. And um, a few months go by. I graduate high school. Um, I start going into like a semester of college, and uh, it, that just didn't work out, and I dropped out like after my first semester was up and then I got a call from Nico saying that uh, we were doing it again we were starting a new band uh, and we used to go under the name Conquerors when we started that we did that for like two-ish years and um, then whenever we recorded uh, the record that we just put out this previous year um, we actually broke down on our way home from the studio we recorded in Massachusetts and we lived in Indiana at the time we broke down, our transmission blew, we were stuck for like a week and a half, and then um, once the transmission got fixed, we drove two more hours, and then uh, a piston in our engine blew. Yeah, so like, yeah, super defeating, and we just recorded a full-length record, and dropped uh, $2,000 more on a transmission that didn't matter anymore. So we just had to buy a new van altogether, and we were just like, we just went ten grand in debt in less than a month, like, and like we're just kids. Like, I, I think I was um, like very freshly twenty-two at the time, like super fresh, and uh, I've I've been the oldest guy in the band since I can remember. I'm not much older than the other guys, but um, so they're you know they're all young and. And I'm young and all that. So we're just like, 10 grand? Are you kidding? Like, I've never even imagined what it'd be like to have 10 grand. Like, so, man, it was super defeating. And we uh, started to, like, think about what it would be like to give up and, like, break the band up because of all of that, like, intimidating amount of money to us. And we're like, dude, we just recorded a record. Let's just do it. And we went home and for, like, eight months, uh, all got two jobs some of us did three and like really sold like all of our time to that and um, through every dollar it felt like at the band I easily threw 75% of my checks towards the band every two weeks and um, in my my car like blew up during all of that and so I didn't have a car anymore and was still making all of it happen it was crazy but we really put it together and uh, like brought everything back around but whenever we did all of that we were just like man we just recorded this new record uh we really feel like it's like something totally different for us and we had all this time off let's just like kill the band and just rebirth it immediately under a new name so we sat on that for i don't know probably like a month and we're just like brainstorming some names. There's a group chat going back and forth and everyone's fighting for like a month because no one can decide. And me and Nico are watching uh, The Wedding Singer uh, with Adam Sandler. And, and You're admitting to watching The Wedding Singer? Okay. I love I love The Wedding Singer. I love that era of Adam Sandler. I love Andrew it. And Drew Barrymore. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. 
okay. And that, that, that is like a little dynamic duo that they've had going on for a couple. They like have their own like duo supporting, uh, not uh, duo main character movies ever since then. Um, yeah, so like uh, there's that uh, one part where she's going to like try on like her wedding dress in the movie and uh, her and her um, maid of honor are talking about like the rehearsal dinner and like the marriage kiss and stuff and she's like it's gotta be kind of hot but it has to be appropriate like you're in a church uh this can't be like a porno uh and so she goes it's not like you gotta throw some tongue in it's like it's not porno tongue it's church tongue and i don't know what it was honestly about that that like really set it in and made me because we were watching it together in his room and we both looked at each other and we're just like that's it I'm so glad they explained that to me because you know that all I could visualize is that you've got some old Pentecostal pastor up on stage singing along to Dude, his accordion. Absolutely, we get we get like a good handful of messages about that. Um, like a lot of people, like they hit us up asking if we're a Pentecostal band and like asking if it's like speaking in like a heavenly tongue and stuff. And we're just like, man. I'm so sorry to disappoint you with this story. <laughs> like, and every time we get like that dot, 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 really. And we're just like, dude, you don't have, you can unlike us on Facebook if you want. Like, I get it. You're not stoked. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, that that's it. Okay. Since you're so shallow and it's only about movies, let's just right. stop this right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. So enough movie talk. Now, this hasn't been the first time I've seen Church Tongue play a set. You have a really solid show. Thanks, man. You know, you're talking about being on tour. Some bands don't really like to be on the road. So what's the best for Church Tongue? You like to be home? You like to just stay on the road? Dude, there. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I like have like a pretty good life at home. Like, I have. Uh, a nice apartment uh, that I recently moved into. I live with my best friends, um, and like I have like a like a good fun job at home that I like, and you know I have like a lot of friends at home and all of that. But man, I don't know what it is, but something about like actually just being out there and doing something that you really care about and that you strive towards, like you strive to make it grow. Uh, you, you are taking a chance on that like people could not be receptive to that but the chance to like be out there and be doing it and people caring and wanting you to come play their venues and come watch your band um, is insane and I love that feeling and I also like everyone in my band is my best friend we've all been friends for like a, a good couple years now um, so there's nobody and, that you want to throw under the bus when you're on the road um, Tony, T um, <laughs> Tony, dude, Tony just tells the same joke for an entire month. Literally on this tour, he had, he had this one joke. It was like just this stupid picture of this guy. Um, he's awful. That's all I've got. He's awful. He just tells the same joke over and over again. And if you try and roast him, he does something. He goes, you wish. And I'm like, Yes, I requested that you shut up because you wish. And, and he just says it over and over again. I was like, I've never met a dude in his 20s that is like, 
not as cool as my 11 year old little brother <laughs> like a little hint for you keep a roll of duct tape in the vehicle all times yeah and just yeah cover the mouth over. anytime you catch him like with his head just rested against the back back of his seat just reach up from behind him and just slap it over his lips real quick and tie it around the seat and and just hold him there until the drive is over no i love that dude that is one of my best friends but like yeah being able to like go out with like your best friends and have an awesome time clown around and uh especially like see the world like doing like the whole canada thing and like seeing all of the stuff that we did and all the camping and stuff and like just i don't know just being able to be there he is right now be gone be gone tony i'm doing an interview right now i know you're my friend i yeah you are my friend <laughs> he might not be after he hears this yeah maybe not but um we were just camp out with conveyor uh sure. just pull up like van to van uh, throw some tents in the middle of us. Uh, they had like a portable grill with them too. So we'd grill out every single day, which is sick and like cost effective. So that was a lot of fun and a lot more rewarding than like driving overnight or like since in the case that we were in this area, we'd never been before, we didn't have any friends. So we would either yeah. be driving or like staying wherever. Um, but being able to camp was awesome. and. We did some like touristy like nature stuff too. We went to Banff in Alberta. Nice. Oh, beautiful. It was crazy. It was really busy uh, later on in the day, but we uh, camped probably like a few miles away from there. Yeah. Uh, just in like an easier spot to camp because they had a bunch of tourists there. I guess like it was like, like the season sure. for that was like just starting at the time. So we woke up at like seven in the morning, drove uh, the rest of the way to Banff for like 10 minutes and all of us are like stumble out of the van tired uh and like i'm getting like all the eye boogers out and everything and um tony had gotten uh further ahead than me and forgot something at the van turned around and he like stopped he goes dude just turn around and there's just this giant mountain like with all of the clouds and like seeing like all the snow caps and everything on it it was crazy and then uh, immediately behind me when I did that an avalanche started on a oh, wow. different mountain yeah. so being able to just like watch that from far away I was like pretty spectacular yeah it's crazy and just like just like the dull roar that it was like across like all of that just like quiet landscape you like that's crazy <laughs> and then we also saw a grizzly uh, that really? day too yeah so um, we started uh, going down a trail and we got a, a couple kilometers uh, in and uh, park rangers were there and they're like, oh, the rest of the way is closed off. There's a, there's a grizzly right there. And um, I guess he had like stood up whenever they had found him. Yeah, so he wasn't, he wasn't stoked at all, but they started to like back off and then he just like climbed up a tree and went and just like, he just hung out in the trees, probably taking a nap or whatever. So yeah, being able to see that bear that day was crazy. I was like 20 feet away from him. And um, like, I didn't know that like those things like were just out there because uh, I am geographically challenged and was never taught about those things. Um, so yeah, we got to do that. And then either that day or the next day, uh, we stayed in Jasper. Yeah. And um, on the way, we saw a bunch of cars that were pulled over on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. And there was a ma, a pa, and a cub on the side of the road just like in this like grass field 
and uh, Jared uh, from Conveyor and Nico um, are both photographers and also the road. Yeah, they they hopped out and like snapped some pictures and stuff. And it was it was awesome. They got a lot of really cool stuff and. Um, <laughs> So yeah, being able to like camp in Canada and like see like bears and stuff, things I'd never like thought I would do before. Um, like I'll never forget that tour. It was it was just super rewarding, like specifically in that. And like us and Conveyor have been friends for so long, especially Danny and I. Yeah. Uh, Danny and I, along with Nico and Chris and my band as well. Um, We've all been friends for like seven years. Uh, I've known Danny since I was like 18 years old. Uh, I'm 24 now. I'm getting ready to turn 25 soon. Um, yeah, man, it, it was just a long time coming for us to be able to like go out together and have just a blast and clown around. It's so sick. <laughs> um, so being able to do that with all of them and like be happy that I'm doing that is sick. Because I do know bands that don't get along on the road together. I mean, in most cases, I don't blame them because like when you're in such close proximity to each other all the time, especially like our tour that we just did was five weeks. Like you can find yourself some days just being like, don't even look at me. <laughs> just don't even look at me today. Like, cause you've just been around each other for so long. And, and like there are bands that just like can't do that because they I don't know they don't get along together there's no chemistry there or something but we do have that thankfully and we're happy and so man I'd, I'd probably say I like being on tour more just being able to be out there doing it and like with my best friends it's incredible and you could have lost one of those good friends Chris sets himself on fire yep. at one of your shows oh yeah now insanity coming into this or is this strictly an accident insanity we're going with insanity dude that story is like anytime i think about it honestly like it it should have gone wrong it really should have gone wrong because uh, and there he is right now i'm looking at him now too uh like speak of the devil and they shall come but um the way that went down so we had talked about like a lot of bands that we think are like legendary and that like we love a lot and like how crazy they are live and you know this that and the other and our favorites for most of us like mutually is the chariot and we were just like dude those guys are insane they did crazy stuff there are a million chariot stories um from the like the entire course of their band's career and um we were just like dude what if we <laughs> what if we lit one of us on fire and um, we were just like, is there a way we can do that without it just being overkill and like, you know, you die? And like, or do you just like go all in and do die for the sake of the video or something, you know? Like, um, so we get on YouTube and look up like uh, how to set yourself on fire and not die. Uh, so basically what we did is we took brake cleaning fluid which is what I like put all over his back to set him up with. And dude, I really, really wanted it to be big. And I really caked it on him. And I just, I remember feeling crazy when it happened. I just like, it, I just blacked out and I was like, he, he's going, he's going up. And um, we didn't tell anyone that we were gonna do it. Um, 
the fact that there was a video is kind of just like I, I guess that was just meant to happen but um, yeah, we didn't tell the owner of the house we didn't like create a backup plan we didn't tell anyone we didn't even talk amongst ourselves like what would we do if Chris didn't go out like real quick because we like tested it a couple times <laughs> and um, it all you know it all worked out everything's fine he's alive the house is still there um, but I remember like our friends Chris and Jeff um, putting him out so like immediately to his right and just like a, down a little hallway uh, was a bathroom with a shower he was about to start booking it to that shower just turn it on and it was crazy man it was really crazy when it was all over and uh, a, like an hour had gone by and we were just like settled down and breathing we were like holy hell like we really did that that was insane and then uh, Chris actually uh, because there was like a whole bunch of articles going around the internet and like a bunch of people like hitting him up and asking him about it he decided that he was going to take a trip to Toronto with his friend and uh, two days after he was lit on fire he got mugged outside of Sneaky D's <laughs> oh. yeah uh, he has like a scar on his face because he got knocked out um, and like fell down and like hit his face in the ground because and you still came back to Toronto yeah we still came we've been back to Toronto twice since then and like we still go to sneaky D's every single time and we still try and run the story back and see if we can piece anything together and he's just like I don't know who mugged me I don't even know why they mugged me because it was like right outside the front door it's crazy man it was absolutely crazy <laughs> Well, with all this activity, maybe that's how the album name came about, Heart Failure. That would give you heart failure. Dude, kind of. Like, there's, there's like stuff like that, like those crazy stories where, like, just something wild happens. And then there are other things, uh, like our engine blowing and, like, our transmission blowing and, like, uh, just, like, other things that happened, like, in our lives personally around the time. Um, like in like our families and like relationships and stuff like a lot of things went south while we were writing that record and um i like had the whole thing written we'd recorded it and everything by the time it was all done there were still songs i hadn't named even though i'd recorded them uh, and i hadn't named the record yet and i was just like i'm just gonna name it heart failure because we are really eating it right now and like i was like if we can get this record out at all in the timeline of like everything being really fresh uh i was like in the instance that we can get the record out at all and continue to be a band um i'm pretty okay with this being like our like really rough like struggler story and like us just trying to figure some stuff out <laughs> well talking about naming things you guys must have known you're gonna push some people's buttons when you name a song acid jesus yeah actually um so that was kind of my intent. My The idea was uh, to provoke because I wanted the conversation at the time. Um, I will say that looking back, um, I think I wrote that from like a, a place, like a bit of a place of arrogance and I kind of like don't really identify uh, so much. Um, like I, I like that song a lot, like as a song, um, but it doesn't do the same thing for me anymore and uh, contextually. Um, and my, I guess, like, my idea with it is, like, if other people care about it and they want us to keep playing it or maybe they find themselves in that, um, then that's great. 
but the name in itself is a head turner and that's kind of what I wanted um, really just for the sake of turning heads like the idea of looking at me like, I, I, mean, I, gotta, I gotta check it out um, and it, it just kind of worked out for what I was really going for in that song but that's the thing it's your debut release you're still on a learning curve so now with that album is there anything that you would go back and say you know what I want to change this so bit. much so much um, yeah man whenever we went in and recorded that record dude we like Nico uh, was our primary songwriter and I mean he still is for the most part but now everyone uh, has been bringing stuff to the table and Ty um, he just joined the band like two months before we went into the studio so he didn't have time to write any of the record he just played what we had um, so looking back now um, and being able to like have the hindsight and the perspective um, I would I would change things I would change little things like maybe like vocal takes and stuff but even contextually and lyrically uh, just the place I was in I wish I had like the perspective of trial of what I was about ready to go through after I had recorded the record and like the way that those things would make me change how I feel about uh, like what those songs like have to say and what they mean to me um, in that exact moment um, which is more like or less like a, a progress of like character kind of thing and you know I, mean, I can't change that I guess I have the opportunity to do that in our next record you know but um yeah, looking back, like things like when it comes to like songwriting, um, just execution of things, I would definitely change it because we were like extremely young, and now we've like, you know, we've been further down the learning curve, and we've experienced more, and like, also just like, like I feel like everyone in the band is just much more educated and like, not just winging it and just kind of like spewing out like raw talent, I guess. But again, it's a solid release, heart failure. Thank you. Deals with tough topics. Is that worth doing all the time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, despite saying, like, you know, some of those songs don't mean as much to me anymore um, contextually, it's mostly just because, like, I look at them differently. Like, the way I felt when I wrote it, I don't feel now. I feel a different way. Um, do I still find myself in those places and, like, want to talk about, like, the subject matter, like, in As Jesus, uh, the matter of, like, me trying to figure out like my mortality and um, what God means to me in that and like being just at the end of myself I think it's extremely worth bringing up because uh, at the end of a show um, if someone wants to talk to me about it which is happens more often than not um, I'm able to talk to them and I'm not sure if I can always give them what they need in that moment. There are days I don't feel like I have the words that maybe I feel like that person needs, or maybe they just need me to listen wherever they're at that day in that moment after we played. Um, but I think it's extremely important because when I was a kid, first ever going to these shows and like getting involved uh, back in Indianapolis, I looked up to the bands that said those things and like introduce those conversations because I had like all these feelings and I had all these things that I struggled with so like I felt like writing that record and even still further on today and with anything that we do music wise after this I feel like I have a responsibility to try and serve uh, the kid that I was 
and hope that he's in the crowd. Well, why don't we flip that around? Is it possible or would you never want to bring in a soft topic into hardcore? Honestly, like there are other things I care about uh, other than uh, my mortality and the question of existence. <laughs> um, yeah, there are other things I care about. There are softer things. Um, there are things I'm angry about even and have like opinions on and such. Uh, and I'm more than willing to talk about those things. I had like every intention uh, to do that with our next recording. And um, what I want timeline wise for this band, I really do like being impactful. I really do like hard conversation and being challenging. Um, but I also love having fun. Like we're writing new stuff right now and it's really fun. Uh, there are some like heavy parts uh, for people to kind of like wild out to and there are like a lot of rockier parts just to, like I don't know man they just make me feel good when I listen to them and like I'm super okay with like not only releasing music that makes people um, question themselves and question um, their surroundings and what they believe and this that and the other but I'm also super into writing music that makes people's day just better by hearing it I love that I want to do that so, yeah, I'm super into introducing softer topics and uh, doing some more lighthearted things. You know, I rarely bring up a band's cover art, but in the case of Heart Failure, I've got to do that. It's sad. Yeah. Disturbingly sad. You have this monochromatic photo of a man bent over, head in his hands, and it is, it's disturbing. And they, that's kind of what we were going for. We honestly, I think the cover art was probably the hardest part for us to figure out because um, we had like a couple of things designed up. We even actually almost finalized uh, a very different album cover for that, um, like a couple months beforehand. And like we sat on it for a little bit, and we were just like, "Man, that's just not it." And uh, it was cool, but it wasn't it. And um, I think that that was like such a simple thing that we did and it just like kind of hit me one day uh it, it's a picture of me and it's um it was like taken on my friend's iphone um and like our friend tom who does like like all of our design work uh he put it all together um but he and i were just like talking one day and bouncing like ideas off each other and like we were just like I had him listen to the record and he was like dude this honestly like it's hard like when you read it when you read along like these are hard things you're saying and like I like I think to a million like broken places in my life and like it just it just gets me thinking man and I was just like dude literally what if we just had like a guy with his head in his hands and it was just that and it said church done heart failure on it like because if that if that is the vibe if that is what everyone like gets from this i'm just gonna put it right there like literally like spell it out for you right there without you knowing dealing with stuff like that do you ever think that could actually bring you down as a person as an artist dealing I, with all these hard things dude i actually it's it, this is probably my favorite question I've ever been asked uh, during one of these. Um, dude, I last year I went through um, I went through like an identity crisis last year, um, and I found myself on stage trying to talk to people um, 
and like bring up these things and um, having people like ask us about the record and stuff. And I kept finding like, I just felt like I didn't have any words and like maybe I was like fooling myself. Maybe I was fooling other people. Maybe I had no idea what I was really doing. I just like, I was just going through some stuff and I had a conversation um, with my friend Jeff who goes under the name Key Young as an artist and um, who is great. But um, I had a conversation with him one day and um, I was just putting all of that out there. I was like, I don't know if I'm enough. I don't know if I'm enough for these kids or if I really have anything to offer. Um, and if maybe like it's all a load and um, he offered me his advice. He's a little bit older than me. He's a little bit further into his 20s. So like he can kind of like tell me what it was like for him to kind of just figure himself out in his early 20s and stuff. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we talked it out and I finally realized like I needed to probably go about this in a different way. I needed to like stop putting the pressure on myself because like, yeah, even though like I feel like, uh, like what I have to say um, is hard and um, like they're like they're harsh topics. Um, being able to like check yourself and being able to look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself if you're being truly impactful um, and like trying to like dissect the entire thing and figure out what is impactful, what is a load of crap, and uh, go from there to be truly effective towards people. Really cool. And yeah, so yeah, I, I went through a hard time with that last year. This sounds like you've got big future plans, but really think about it now. 40 years from now, you know, you're all old, you're gray haired. Yeah. Will you still have the motivation to create music? I think I'll still have the motivation to create in general. Um, will it be uh, screaming hardcore music? Probably not. <laughs> Definitely not in 40 years. Um, You're going to be the lounge singer. Yeah, I will. I will be the. <laughs> I will be the last of a breed at that time. Maybe who knows? But like, um, no. I think whenever I'm like older, I, I even even thinking into my 30s. Um, I still want to be doing this. I still want to be in church tongue. I still want to be playing this music. Um, will it evolve? Will it change? Yeah. Will people look at us maybe like three or like look at us like three records from now and then go back to heart failure and be like, this is a totally different band and uh, their, their old stuff was better um, <laughs> or whatever. Like that probably like... Um, but like I am I'm here to grow like not only as a person but as an artist I don't want to put out the same record I don't want to keep releasing heart failure in different translations um, so like yeah like what I love to play this into my 30s my 40s even or like whatever like yeah that's like the only thing I want uh, if it doesn't work out, say the band breaks up in X amount of years, will I still create? Yeah, because I, I just love it, man. Like even if I step down from being a frontman and I decide I'm just gonna start playing like bass or something for somebody, like I just love it, man. On any level, I love watching, I love playing, uh, I love listening, and I just I can't get enough of it. Church Tons, Michael Sher has been here with The Antidote. Good to have you, man. It was great. Yeah, it was so sick. Thank you, man.